You are listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I am your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 156. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting Jeffrey James Higgins, who is a former reporter and retired supervisory special agent with the DEA, now writing thriller novels. His debut novel, Furious, Sailing Into Terror, was published on May 20th. We'll get to the uh, interview here in just a moment, but before I want to let you know about Pro Writing Aid, if you're a writer, you should really go check out Pro Writing Aid. I tried all of the proofreading, editing, AI-type tools out there, and in my opinion, Pro Writing Aid is the best one for fiction writers. I use it every day and even bought a lifetime license a few years ago. And Pro Writing Aid integrates very nicely with Word, Google Docs, Chrome, and Scrivener. And I love using a Pro Writing Aid and the uh, Scrivener integration. It's really uh, fantastic. And I actually recorded a video uh, showing you how I edit my latest manuscript using the Pro Writing Aid and Scrivener integration. So if you're curious about that, you can check that out at uh, thrillingreads.com forward slash PWA. One five six, and listeners to the podcast uh, get a twenty percent discount code by using my link at thrillingreads.com forward slash pwa twenty, and the discount will automatically be applied once you click on that link at uh, thrillingreads.com forward slash pwa two zero, and that of course is a great way to support the podcast. So I really appreciate it. So to watch my video uh, with the uh, Scrivener and Pro Writing Aid integration. Uh, go check out thrillingweeds.com forward slash PWA156. Or if you just want to go get the uh, 20% discount, uh, you can go straight to the uh, P- Pro Writing Aid site at thrillingweeds.com forward slash PWA20. All right, here's my interview with Jeffrey James Higgins. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author. And on the podcast today, I have Jeffrey James Higgins, who is a former reporter and a retired uh, supervisory special agent with a DEA. And now he's a thriller author. His debut novel, Furious, Sailing into the Terror, was published on May 20th. So I'm excited to talk to uh, Jeffrey. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Alan. It's really a pleasure to be here. I've been a fan of your podcast for a couple of years now. You've got uh, so many great guests on the show. It's, it's really it's an honor to be one of them. And uh, I, I think it's your enthusiasm. You know, you can really feel your love of writing that comes out. It's so cool when writers and, and, and editors and agents get together and talk. You know, we all have this passion. So it's, it's so much it's so much fun. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and your background is, uh, is amazing. Um, you're like out in the world battling narco-terrorism and now you're, <laughs> and now you're writing novels. What was that transition like for you? <laughs> Oh, you know, I, I always saw myself as a writer. I, I was writing books when I was six years old, you know, and making uh, 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 cardboard covers and coloring in pictures, you know, anthropomorphizing animals on adventures and things. So like my whole life, I, I thought of myself as a writer and I, I sort of stumbled into law enforcement. I was between uh, reporter jobs. I worked as a newspaper reporter for a while because people told me, like my parents, you know, you're never going to be able to make it alone as a writer. So, you know, get a job as a, as a, as a reporter or something. So I did the kind of writing adjacent uh, profession for a while. And I was between jobs and I ended up uh, taking a, a position as a, a private investigator because I thought, wow, this would be great fodder for books, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I started meeting all these people whose lifelong dream was to be in law enforcement. And I, I just sort of, I ended up becoming a, a deputy sheriff in the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office down in Florida, which was a really exciting job, you know, saving lives and helping people and really doing important work. And then I went to DEA and that turned into a 20, over 20 years with DEA where I was mostly focused on, on um, terrorism groups and transnational crime. 
And uh, so I was all over the world, you know, for, for a long, long time. I was traveling a couple weeks a month for probably 12 or 13 years. And, and I spent a lot of time in Afghanistan and the Middle East and, you know, just all over the world. I used to go to Thailand like every other month. Um, so it was, it was, it was different, but in my heart, I was always a writer. So I guess that's a really long answer to, <laughs> to tell you, but I, you know, so it, it was a transition. I felt like I was coming home. Like I loved my job. I loved the work I did in law enforcement, but writing is, is what I love. It's my passion. And if something were to happen to me before I, I could have published a few books, I think I, I, it would have been terrible. So that was like the, the catalyst for you. Once you retired, you're like, now I'm going to do this, what I really wanted to do all this time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I mean, I don't want to downplay. I loved my time in law enforcement. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, I, I was involved with the, the first narco-terrorism case. We arrested and then uh, convicted the first narco-terrorist, you know, and so we, we, we helped change laws. We, we, we arrested a lot of terrorists over the years and these transnational criminals that are just doing horrible things and weapons trafficking. You know, I, I arrested and convicted a, a guy who was working for the Iranians trying to buy surface air missiles. You know, so there was lots of good stuff. I arrested the, the um, world's most prolific heroin trafficker. <laughs> or actually I convicted him. I did the case and then he was, he was picked up later by, uh, by the, the Afghan government and then brought here and I did the trial when he came back. But, you know, so, so it's good stuff. Like it's stuff that I really, you know, enjoyed, but writing is really my passion. And, and so it's, it's, I feel so fortunate to have been able to do something that was exciting and really kind of started as a bit of a lark and turned into this incredible 25 year career. And now I'm doing the, the thing that I always intended to do. So I'm, I'm really, really fortunate. And were you a fan of uh, thrillers and mysteries as a reader before you started to write your own? Yeah, always. You know? <laughs> Even as, as a kid, like my favorite book was Treasure Island, you know, Robert Louis yeah. Stevenson. And I, I remember I, I had a, a, a Jack London a book, you know, it's called The Wild and a bunch of his other like novellas and stories and things I used to love. So like even as a very, very young kid, you know, I did the Hardy Boys and all those types of mysteries that a lot of us grew up on. But I, I always uh, enjoyed thrillers and you know, and the Tom Clancy and Robert Ludlum and, you know, all, when that kind of brand of, of techno and military thriller came in, it really sucked me into. Yeah, you know, it's so fascinating. I've interviewed a lot of uh, writers and seems like all, including myself with uh, I, Nancy Drew, the Hardy Boys, that's like like the, 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 the beginning for like so many people. It's amazing how much, how much influence those books have had on people. <laughs> Yeah, it's incre incredible. I've heard so many people say the same thing. And I, mean, I was yeah. an only child for seven years. And I think that's what probably led to my love of reading so much. But I remember, you know, a new Hardy Boys book would come out and I'd grab it and find a place to hide and curl <laughs> up someplace and read, just devour the book in one sitting, you know. And, and I, I, I still do that when I find books that I, I really that I really love. And so, uh, so Furious, Sailing into Terror, that's your debut novel, right? The that's right. Yeah, I, I wrote one before it, which will end uh, unseen. Uh, Evil lurks among us is the subtitle, and that, that's coming out in August. That was actually my first novel, but in Furious was my second one. I wrote it for uh, Nano Rimo back in 2018, and uh, Black Rose Writing is publishing it or published it. And on May 20th was the launch, and it's actually done really well. I've been, um, you know, it's it's a it's a smaller press, Black Rose Writing, and I mean they're they're great but it, you know, they don't have the distribution of like a big five. And so it's, and nobody knows who I am. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to get the word out there. Um, but I've, it was like, like yesterday, it was number uh, four in sus horror suspense on Amazon. And it's been a number one, number two, or number three release in several different categories since it launched. So I've been, it's just kind of, it's exciting to see your name next to like Dean Koontz and Stephen King, you know, these, these <laughs> masters. 
Yeah, yeah. I was I just was looking at it now on Amazon just before a little research, and yeah, I see it's already got, you got the the Amazon Orange number one new release tags on it, so that's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. I mean, it's it's really it's especially because I've had these stories kind of bottled up in me, right? Like not yeah. not these specifically, but just stories in general. And it's, it's so much fun to have people reading it and especially people I don't know, you know, I, yeah. I, I've run these, or these, uh, my publishers running Amazon ads and I've run Facebook ads and, you know, I get these, these readers who I've never heard of before who find my story through these, these Facebook ads and they're commenting and they're saying these wonderful things, you know, and it's, it's just, it's almost addictive. Like I, I have to go back and keep checking the ads to read the comments and I've been, I've been trying to reply to all of them, but it's, it's so much fun. I think that, you know, the story that, that I crafted in my office kind of, you know, secluded and away from everyone. And now, now people all over the world are reading it. And that's, that's really fun. And what is, what is your process like? So you wrote, so you did it for NaNoWriMo. So you must've done that in the uh, 30 days. Is that the, what was from the time you got the idea for Furious to, to having it published? How, what was that process like? So I had the idea uh, probably six months before I was, I was, this was, this was like what, a couple years before the, the pandemic. And I was, I was, I was, I don't remember, I read a lot of nonfiction too. And I remember reading something just about, I was thinking how fragile, like I spent, I spent a career in, in with transnational criminals and, and terrorists and just really horrific people, people, you know, sitting down to dinner with someone who's murdered 300 people like, a, you know, it's, it's a weird kind of a professional background. And I remember thinking how like our society is so nice and, and so safe and so secure and just historically wealthy, right? And the things that we have, even from 20 years ago, our lives are so much better in so many ways. And and I remember just thinking like how fragile it really is, you know, and, and the, the actual, you know, this, the, the line between life and death is really small. And for most of human history, people were constantly fighting on a daily basis to survive. And, and now they don't have to do that, you know? And so you can you can be upset about smaller things. And I was, I was, I was wondering what would happen like what, what kind of event could trigger our supply lines to collapse? You know, what, what, what would happen to society as we know it, if you can't pick up the phone and dial 911 and have the police at your house in five minutes, you know, if that, what didn't exist, what would it look like? And so I was thinking about, gee, what, I wonder if a pandemic, you know, came across the globe, this is 2018. And then, and then, um, and then, so it got me thinking like, how would I escape? I'm in a, a old town, Alexandria, which is just outside of Washington, DC. And I was thinking the best way to get out, if things really collapse with rioting and murders, it would be to get on a boat. So I'm a, I'm a, I love sailing. And then I was thinking, gee, what if, what if somebody on the boat was a problem? <laughs> you know? And so what if somebody was infected on the boat with me? So that got me thinking about this, the closed setting kind of thriller. And then I, I'm a big outliner. So I outlined it the month before Nano. And then if the, the goal for Nano is uh, 50,000 words in 30 days. And I, I wrote the whole first draft. I think, I think it was around 70,000 words. And then I expanded it a little bit after that. And then when I'm at it, it's only uh, it's, uh, 250 pages now. I think it's like 62,000 words. So it's, it's, it's a pretty quick read. And how would you describe your books to, uh, to listeners not familiar with, the, with your work? So they're, they're thrillers. All, all the books are, thrillers. I do have a nonfiction book called blood and powder, which my agent is trying to shop to publishers now. Uh, and that's about my, my personal journey from not being at the world trade center at nine 11, all the way to pushing my agency into counterterrorism and getting into the, the first narco terrorism case. So it's, I think, I think it's interesting and it reads like a thriller. So I'm like, I'll count that as a thriller too, even though it's nonfiction, but everything, else is nonfiction. I, I've written several novels now and they're all in the, pro, the process of editing or with my agent or with beta readers. So I'm, I'm hoping to have, you know, I have two more ready to go. So I'm hoping to have them come out fairly soon too, as soon as the, my beta readers get done with them. 
Um, but they're all different subgenres, which I think is probably a mistake, especially for a, a new author. You know, I, like I, I've, I've, the demographics I'm seeing from my Facebook ads are my readers of Furious are, are like 70% women. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly or the majority are like women over 40, 40 and up. So I don't know if that same audience will come with me for my next book, which is, you know, Unseen, which is a, it's a political crime thriller that takes place in Washington, D.C. So it's different enough that I don't know if this, the same readers will find that. And then the the book that um, my one of the books my beta readers are going over now is Shaking. And that's like a small town murder mystery that takes place in the town I grew up in uh, Massachusetts, Harvard, Massachusetts. And so that's another subgenre, right? <laughs> so I, I am going to have to settle down here. I have the, for this last nano in the fall, I, I wrote um, a techno thriller, uh, the forever game. It's about life extending uh, technology and it's with an agent, but they're all thrillers. They're, they're all, they've all got violence in them. They're all fast paced, you know, so I'm hoping to keep at least a core audience. And then sometime later this year, I'm going to start my first series mm-hmm. about a special age. Uh, chasing transnational criminals and terrorists around the world, which might sound familiar to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these are all. So so far, your books that, that you've written so far are like standalones, and so now you're gonna. Right, they're all standalones. I actually wrote a uh, after I did Furious. I, I for there there was a Camp Nanorimo in like March of 2019, mm-hmm. I think, and I did write 50,000 words of a sequel. The problem was the the plot was a pandemic, yeah. and then of course you know I, I didn't finish it, and I was working on other things. And by the time I got around to it, the actual pandemic hit, <laughs> and I don't know about anybody else, but I I don't want to read anything about pandemics right now. In uh, the, my next book, Unseen, the crime thriller, the protagonist is, is, a, is a rookie detective, Malachi Wolf, and I love the character. He's really he's a really interesting character, and so I, I do have three uh, possible sequels for it. Um, and so, you know, it, it could be a series. I, I intend on writing the next one, so there, there'll be at least one more, and then we'll, we'll just see how it does and if people are liking it. I'm on it if it's, if it's not. But I do love the character, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that it deals with like it deals with Islamic terrorism and infiltration, and a lot of like real issues that exist that a lot of people don't know about. And my wife happens to be an expert in that area. She's one of the world's leading experts on the Muslim Brotherhood and Islamic uh, terrorism. So I've I've used her for a lot for that book. Oh yeah, that's a good a good a good source to have <laughs> right nearby. Yeah, it's it's nice to just be able to walk out of my office and ask one of, that's one of the world's leading experts. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. she's got a book coming out called The Secret Apparatus. Uh, Post Hill Press is going to publish that in March, and it's a nonfiction book about the Muslim Brotherhood, and it'll mm. be the first comprehensive, uh, just just unbel- un- it's, it's filled with. It's, I think it's got a, a hundred and fifty or something, some some ridiculous number of like of of things that have never been reported in the West before. And my wife's Egyptian; she grew up in uh, Cairo. And she's, you know, she's talked to the the top uh, defectors from the Muslim Brotherhood, and she's 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 talked to some of the, some of the top terrorists. She she was on Al Qaeda affiliated hit lists. She had to, she had to uh, flee to the United States because she formed the first secular uh, pro Western part political party in Egypt, mm-hmm. and she actually had to flee for her life. One of her friends was killed, and she would she would for years for like I think it was like a decade she had you know calls all through the night with people threatening to to decapitate her and do horrible things to her and the government told her they were coming for her and she she kind of pushed it as far as she could so she fled to the U.S. on asylum back in 2011 well I guess for me so thank you Muslim Brotherhood <laughs> yeah that's scary stuff 
Yeah, I like it. Yeah, you mentioned your your nonfiction book that you're you're shopping now. That sounds uh, fascinating. And you're right. You're so right. Those those true crime books, kind of like the Killing Pablo, they do read like a thriller. <laughs> so it's kind of scary. Yeah, and I, I love Mark Bowden. Yeah, yeah, I love that Killing Pablo. It's a great book. <laughs> was that uh, how was it yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. you that were actually in the DEA? Was that pretty? How was the accuracy of 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 books like when you're reading fiction books? Uh, how do you suspend the disbelief because you're actually were in there for 25 years? Yeah, you know, it's uh, we all love stories, right? All readers and writers. So it's, you know, I try to suspend the disbelief. And when, you know, I obviously things pop up like red flags when I see them that are absolutely wrong or could never <laughs> happen. And, and that's in most books that I read. But I try to just kind of skim over it because I'm enjoying the story. And really, like, you know, like in Furious takes place on a boat. And I'm just terrified. I'm a sailor. Like I grew up, I'm like this little sailfish and I had a, some blue water uh, sailing experience and I sail flying Scots on the Potomac now, but you know, it's, I, I'm not like an expert sailor. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an amateur and I, I'm just terrified that I'll make some technical mistakes in the book. And then people who are big sailors will, will be all upset about it. It's like, like when somebody who's not in law enforcement makes a mistake about firearms, you know, and all mm-hmm. the, everyone who's an enthusiast gets all crazy about it. So you know, I, I listen. Little, everyone makes mistakes in their books, so I, I just try to skim over it. The problem is like when the when the plot itself is flawed. Like when, you know, they have the CIA doing something. The CIA is you know legally prohibited from doing and would never do. And you know, people doing things in action that, that just just physically could not happen. And you know, so that if it's too much, at some point I, I lose interest. But you know, I'm, I'm pretty forgiving with that stuff, and I'm hoping my readers will be too. And so how much research do you do before you start to get down to write, to write a book? Do you put in a lot of research into them? Yeah, a bit, you know I mean? Like with, with furious, it's, it's this woman who uh, loses right at the beginning. She's lost her infant child and she's in this horrible depression and she's about to lose her job as a pediatric surgeon, which was her lifelong dream. And she doesn't know what to do. So her husband decides to take her on a sailing cruise from Bali to the Maldives, you know, across the Indian ocean, just the two of them on the 62 foot sailboat. And she she has a fear of the water, but she she knows that she she has to do something, or, or she she's not going to be able to go on. And so they they get on this boat, and she has a lot of self reflection, and starts to feel better, and then horrible things happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's it's actually got a real like some 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 people have said it. You know, the setting is similar to like Dead Calm. Oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. That that Nicole Kidman, yeah. Yeah, right. But but there's a huge twist in this. Like it's it's completely different what the actual plot turns out to be. So I, I keep for the first you know third of the book, I keep readers kind of guessing what what actually the, the the big problem is going to be because there are a lot of potential problems that crop up and and then. But it's a fast read. I mean, I'm getting a I'm getting really terrific uh, views, which I'm which I'm so happy and so humbled to receive. But to answer your question, I, you know, when it came time for the sailing, you know, portions when because the, they're in storms and things, I, I I did research a little bit just to make sure I was using the right terminology and to make sure the right techniques and everything. And hopefully, I didn't make too many mistakes. Um, when I'm doing law enforcement, like I'm, I'm there's a I don't know if you've heard of it, but this summer Amazon's coming out with uh, Amazon Vela. It's a new serial platform and I've never written serials before. It's sort of episodic, you know, where everyone ends on a cliffhanger and they're, they're a little shorter and it's meant to be, you can read it on your computer, but a lot of people like around the world read that on their iOS devices. So I'm doing that and I'm writing a military thriller just to try like a novella, just something pretty short. I'm, I'm about halfway into it and I hope to launch that in July. But for that, you know, it's a military thriller. So the, the reader expectations are more technical information about weapons and, and, and combat and things. So I've been in combat so I can I can write about the feelings. And, you know, I mean, I carried and I slept with an M4 for like 10 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
I understand the weapons. I've, I've fired, uh, you know, grenade launchers at the enemy. I've had rockets going over my head and bullets, you know, snapping, snapping in the air by my, by my ear. So I, I can, I, I have the, the experience where I can talk about all that stuff, which is, which is good, but I always research just to make sure I have like the specifications correct. You know, I, I don't, I'm not as technical as like a Tom Clancy who, who goes deep, deep into the technology, but I, I want to put enough in there for people who like the genre to, so they, so they, they know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and what do what do you do? Well, what do you use to write your books? Do you use like Word or use a, another software program? I am a huge fan of Scrivener. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I started using it a few years ago, and I just love it. It's just it's I'm a big outliner, so like on for for you know people who've used it before. On the, on the left, you have like an outline with basically it's it's basically a, a bunch of Word doc but organized for you so each chapter the folder and then each each scene within it's a, a box you know a text document and so you're able to, to drag scenes around you're able to do global searches and changes it uh, scrivener allows you to put all your research into it which is fun so i can put links to sites and pictures and it has like like character arc sheets so you know you can pull up all the data on your characters, so you don't have to you know you don't have to keep like going back through your document to find out what color eyes this guy or something like that, you know. So it's it's really helpful. Uh, you know, if you're not an outliner, it, it's probably not as useful, but it's just a great way to organize it. And also, you, they have like a it's like a cork board, I think that's what they call it. And you can and you can basically you know like you you would have like a bulletin board with um, three by five cards on it with all your chapters. They have you can view it in that way so you can see all your chapters and so i don't know it's it's like the, it's a digital version of the way people used to do it by spreading out uh, three by five index cards on the floor of their living room yeah a lot cleaner <laughs> yeah it's cleaner and it can travel with you you know it's on your <laughs> laptop and, it's, and i so so i love it I'm, I'm a huge huge fan of scrivener i've even done some shorter works in scrivener hmm. and what do you I use a pro writing aid as as editing software and I'll also run it through Word, uh, through spell check on Word too. Like the nice thing about Scrivener is you can download it in any format. So like every day at the end of the day, I'll save my document as a Word document and I'll email it to myself. And I, I'm kind of kind of uh, OCD with this and I, I have a thumb drive and I'll put it in the thumb drive and it's backed up on the cloud and on the hard drive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you only have to lose something you've worked really hard on one time to, to be crazy about backing up your uh, data. Yeah. Yeah. I really like providing it and it integrates very nicely with the uh, Scrivener. So that's kind of, I just, I just discovered that feature uh, recently. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. And it, 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 it does a really good job. And, you know, obviously like not all the suggestions are accurate and it's still like, it's still software, yeah. but it helps and it catches a lot. <laughs> yeah. It cleans it out before you send it out to human editors or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then I, then I'm, I count on my editors at uh, Black Rose Writing to catch everything else. Yeah. And so, what what does a writing day look like for you? Do you have like do you do, do you try to do set hours? Do you have word count goals when you're writing a project? Yeah, I, I just sort of write out of desperation. <laughs> you know, I went so many years without being able to write because I mean, I, I had the highest security clearance you can have. And, you know, I just, I was traveling around the world all the time and in these austere environments. And, you know, it's, it was just, it was, I know it's always an excuse to say, I don't have time to write. I did have time to write and I should have, but it was, it was a kind of a crazy environment. You know, like I was, I was in combat. I was, you know, I was in, in these, in, in Afghanistan and these, in these forward operating bases and things. So it was difficult. Um, but now that I'm able to write, I'm just writing like crazy. So I've got, I want to get as much 
as possible. Now, if I get if I get a reader who reads Furious and they're excited about it, I've had a lot of people come in. Oh, I want to see whatever what else he has, you know. So mm-hmm. I have one. I have a short story called The Interrogation that's on Amazon that I self published just to kind of go through that process. And that's up there too. So those people are starting to buy that as well. But, you know, I'd like to have, I, I have, I have what, three more books that are just about ready to go that I'm hoping to publish next year. And uh, I've got, I, I think my story list, right. I, every time I get an idea, I, I flesh it out and write like a, a page synopsis. I think I've got 60 or 70 ideas for books that want to come. So I, my day is frantic. Like I'm just writing like crazy. And I, I'm sort of a morning guy. Like I drink a bunch of coffees in the morning and I try to write for Usually my limit's about five hours, but often it's only four hours, you know, and, and that's when I find I start getting a little fried and what I'm creating isn't as good. So I try to write in the morning and then I go for a run or a long walk. And then, and by the way, I've been dictating too, like I'm these walks, which is, oh yeah. I don't know if anyone, anyone does it. It sounded horrible to me, but I use a dragon software and I dictate. And it's so good, especially for dialogue, because you're, you know, you're doing the two voices. And, mm-hmm. and so that's been really helpful. So I actually, sometimes I'm more productive on my walk than I was sitting at my desk for the for four hours before that. And wow. as of late, for the last few months, I've just been doing the business of writing. Oh, my God. Like, you know, I'm with a, a small publisher. So, you know, they are doing things. They're running Amazon ads for me. They're, they're helping. They were helping with reviews and things. But, you know, I was, you, have, you have so much you have to do as an author, even if you're with a big five. Oh, yeah. You know, it's getting blurbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other authors right it's crazy and, and get you know sending out to places contests and reviews and they're doing some of it i'm doing some of it i've been running my own facebook ads which i had to you know learn all about that you know i never thought like impressions and click rates and conversion yeah. ratios would matter to me <laughs> it's, it's a it's a whole different world you know i've, I've advertised in a couple sailing magazines which uh, i don't think have been that effective i'm still waiting for some of the data to come in but the, the facebook ads certainly work yeah, that seems to be the yeah Facebook ads seem to be uh, very successful for a lot of people, especially independent independently. But you're so right about that because I know a lot of uh, aspiring writers listen to the show and say, "Well, I just want to write and you know find a public." Well, that's even if you get a big contract, it's going to be you're still going to have to do a lot of the elbow elbow grease yourself into it into the marketing part. <laughs> yeah, you you know if you want you anyone can just write, but if you want people to read it, you have yeah. to help them get the book out there. And you know, I, I there was a New York times article recently where they said the average it was actually wasn't even the average i'd heard this years ago but it's like something like uh, the average uh big five published author sells 4600 books or it's it's under 5000 books lifetime Mm -hmm. right and i'd heard that before but i thought that was an average you know and so you could get 50 percent of the people above that but it turns out that's 95% of all authors who are traditionally published. And you get the 5% of the James Patterson's and, you know, all the big names and everyone else is, is, is selling practically nothing, you know? So it's, um, it's, it's hard. And so even, you know, a lot of, especially I think post pandemic or during the pandemic, even a, a lot of uh, the publishers were supporting the backlists of the big authors, because if you're only selling 5,000 copies, you know, you're, 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 they're not probably not losing money on you, but they're not making money on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's gotta be pretty close. And the, the average uh, advance used to be, I want to say 15,000 and the average writer was, was, was not earning it out, you know? So while the, the publisher, you know, they're making more than the, the author, obviously, but maybe it's, it's more of a wash with them with all of their expenses and the salaries and, mm-hmm. you know, and all the staff that they have that's involved with it. So you know, if you, if you're not out there 
helping to market and helping to sell. And it's, and it's, it's the, the smaller your publisher, the more you have to do, right? Like my publisher doesn't have distribution. So I, I'm not in bookstores unless I call a bookstore and ask them if they want to carry it. Mm-hmm. So I, I have, I mean, in, in that respect, the pandemic has been good, you know, for, for, for not having to worry about that, but it's been terrible for bookstores, which I love. I could spend all my time in bookstores. I just, I just, I love spending an afternoon in a bookstore. So, you know, be, so many more people are buying uh, digital versions now, and that certainly helped people who are with smaller presses. Yeah, and I was wondering, how are you gonna? Uh, what are you planning to address the uh, pandemic in the future in your books? Are you gonna include it in there? Or are you gonna do like an uh, alternative universe and ignore it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just ignoring it. I mean, yeah. we're you know, I mean, there there's new strains and new variants, right? That are that are coming out internationally now, and so who knows what what that will end up doing? But with the vaccines, I think people are getting back to normal. You know, I, I was out for a, a walk yesterday and. I, I was the only person wearing a mask. I actually had a long COVID. So I got it back in November or December and I had breathing mm-hmm. problems and just crushing fatigue, which I'm still suffering from a little bit, you know, so it was, it was brutal, but, um, you know, so I haven't been able to get the vaccine because I didn't want to increase my uh, symptoms, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling well enough now where I think I'll get it very soon, but most people are vaccinated around me. So, you know, you go out and, and life is sort of back to normal. So I think if you, if you write a book, where you're t- talking about people being masked up and the quarantines and things, I, I, I think it'll really date it. But also, I, I don't know that people want to read that. You know, I mean, wh- well, why are people reading fiction? You know, they're mm-hmm. yeah, you can learn something and be taken to new places, and you know, everyone everyone learns something probably from every book they read. But you're doing it because you you want to escape. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is is read a book about about you know pandemics and people dying. Yeah, yeah, we, we read thrillers for to to get away from the real world. <laughs> right, exactly, or and to experience parts of the real world that you wouldn't otherwise be able to experience. Right, mm-hmm. like I can take somebody through combat and through chasing terrorist groups and these transnational criminals and give them a lot of inside information, you know, about about what it's like and what what some of these criminals are like. You know, it it takes a certain kind of person to murder innocent women and children. Mm-hmm. I was wondering too. Now you were saying you're writing you're, you're writing uh, the serials for like for uh, Vela. Do you find it is it a big difference writing like a, a sixty thousand seventy thousand word manuscript versus a short story? Yeah, I, I think short stories are, are 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 very different, right? It's a very different art form. A lot of my uh, friends are, are really talented short story writers, but and I'm not. <laughs> I, I like the short story, the interrogation that I have up on Amazon. That it's it's had good reviews, but you know it, that's not really my thing. I, I do prefer a, a novel, novel mm-hmm. length. Now the the vela, the serial stories, you know they they each one you have to you know drop people right into the action, which is good even in a novel, of course, for chapters. But every chapter. You know, like it, like I, I, it's kind of like the the pacing I use in my thrillers. Everything has to end on a cliffhanger. You have to keep the the the, the chapters moving, but they have to be a little more self-contained in a serial, right? So you think, think about it more like a television episodes, you know, you can have the sea arc of the, of the whole, you know, universe and the characters from, from the beginning to the end, like you do in a novel, but there has to be some resolution of something in each episode in a serial, or at least that's what they tell me. I've never done one before, but I've been, I'm on all the chat rooms and, you know, I've been, I've been reading a lot of articles about it and I've been writing it. So hopefully it's good. I'll probably, I, I think it's only ended up being about 30,000 words, but I, I just, I want to test the market. It's, it's yeah. huge in Asia and it's huge in other parts of the world. And this is, this is Amazon's first foray into serials. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're such, 
such a monster in the in the industry that I think they're they're poised if they wanted to to become the number one place. So it's probably a good time for authors if they're interested in writing serials to get in there. Yeah, you'll have to come back when you when your serials when you when you start publishing those on Vela. It'll be interesting to see how how that all pans out. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, if, if 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 nobody's reading it, and it's 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 milit it's a female protagonist, but it's a it's a it's a military thriller, so I don't know if the people who are going to be reading us on their phones and and I, I think it's it's a younger demographic, and you know it's 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 more women than men, and I so I just don't know about which subgenres. I know like romance and fantasy are really big in serials in some of these other countries. I don't know if that'll be the same here. But if it's not, I can always I can always take it down and, and self-publish it as a novella, you know, because I think it's good. I think the character's good. I think the story's interesting. It's about a, a female medic who's as the US is pulling out of Afghanistan, who's presumed dead and left behind. Mm. So she's 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 in the in on the border with the uh, tribal territories in uh, Pakistan. And she's and she's got to try to find find her way home while the Taliban is pursuing her. Oh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. And so, um, so I always like to uh, uh, ask my guests uh, advice for aspiring writers that are listening to this. What, the, what would you tell them? You know, I guess I would say write and don't make excuses. You know, you just you just have to get a first draft done. You know, I, 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 I completely silence my critic when I do the first draft. I go for word count. I try to write 2000 words a day. Just get it on paper. Then you can edit it later. And, you know, it might take me six weeks or something to finish like a novel, you know, four to six weeks. But then I spend months, three or four months editing it. And then it goes through my critique group and beta readers and then editors. Right. So it, but but just get one. You can't do anything until you get the story on paper. And I find by writing quickly and just get you're able to f- uh, see the whole arc. You're able to keep the mood and the theme, you know, as opposed to some people who you just you can continually edit one chapter for the rest of your life. Because every yeah. time you write something, you're better when you finish than when you started. So, you know, I'll go back and I'll read something that I that I wrote like, you know, six months ago. And I'm like, oh, no. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a better writer. I keep I, so that never ends. It's a yeah. Sisyphean task. So at some point you just have to say, OK, here it is. So get the first draft out and then edit. And the other the other piece I would say is learn the craft. You know, I always considered myself a writer. But when I first started back in 2017, I was awful. And it wasn't that I didn't have good descriptions and things. I was just doing all the rookie mistakes, you know, lots of passive sentences and, <laughs> you know, just, you know, Nate characters naming each other in dialogue and all that kind of stuff. And I get former law enforcement officers all the time on like LinkedIn who will call me and say, hey, I'm writing a book. And I'll say, you know, send me the first five pages or whatever. And you gen- I can always see the same mistakes. But by the way, I made all of them, like every single one you could imagine I made. And I'm sure I'm still making some, but I'm, I'm much better than I was when I started. So I would say read all the craft books, listen to podcasts like this, you know, and, and learn, learn the craft itself. Because a, a lot of agents and editors will only read the first couple of paragraphs. And if they see a couple of rookie mistakes in there, they're done. You know, mm-hmm. you're starting with backstory or one of the million things, they're, they're done. So you can, you, that's, that's something you just learn not to do. And it's, it's pretty easy to do. So I, I read probably a craft book every couple of months and I've been doing that for years and it's, it's really helped me. I've, I've been learning from the mistakes of the masters, which is the way to do it. Yeah. No, no, yeah. No need to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So what's the best place for the listeners to find you is uh, on your website? Yeah, I have a newly designed website. It was done by Zuni. It's um, JeffreyJamesHiggins.com. J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-J-A-M-E-S. 
James Higgins. Higgins is H-I-G-G-I-N-S dot com. And you can go there. You can see you can, there are links to my, my short story, to my current novel that's out there. You can read excerpts and praise and blurbs, you know, that kind of thing. And my, my new books that are coming out there, you can read about them as well. And I have a lot of media appearances, especially a lot of things I did related to terrorism are up there, too. So. I hope people go and you can sign up for my newsletter. And once a month, I send out a newsletter. And once a month, I send out a, a recent blog uh, update. So you, you'll get two, two emails a month, but you'll know whenever I'm publishing something. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jeffrey. It was uh, uh, great talking to you. And uh, Furious is out now. So people should go check that out. Always fun to talk about writing. I could do this for all day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening to Meet the Thriller Author. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with one of your favorite writers of mysteries and thrillers. Or if this episode's guest is new to you, I hope you give their books a chance. Helping listeners discover new authors and books is one of the coolest outcomes of doing this podcast. As always, you can head over to thrillerauthors.com to sign up to my Thrilling Reads email list. That way you won't miss out on any great deals in thriller and mystery books. You can also check out all the links and resources in the show notes for this episode over at thrillerauthors.com. And also please do subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already and leave a rating and review wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, show. If you have done that already, I thank you. Uh, I really do appreciate your support. For my other links to my author website, social media haunts, and more uh, check out thrillingreads.com forward slash links all my links will be uh, on that uh, page so that's it for this episode uh, see you next time and stay safe out there